surrounds him. Prince. Oh, dearly beloved. David Guthrie is right there. Didn't have the guts to call it. Also, Dylan Malloy. Welcome to the Dunks After Dusk Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Flavin, here as always with my co-host, Mitch Peterson. Welcome back, everyone. So, Mitch, I, I have something I think that I need to bring up with you to start the, the episode today. It's really, really more of an opportunity for you than, than anything. Uh, it's an idea for this podcast, if you will. I was thinking you could use a catchphrase. Okay. You know what? I, I as as a just like when I think you know to your your entrances and you know how you're saying welcome. Here's how it's going. I feel like there's an opportunity to be you know the the Richard Carn of podcasting, and if that um, if that is going over your head, is that going over your head that reference or, no or idea are you, who are that you is. getting that reference? Wonderful. Okay, Richard Carn is the the actor who played Al Borland on uh, Home Improvement. And he, of course, had had his famous catchphrase, uh, I don't think so, Tim, every single time that, you know, Tim Allen did something in the show. Uh, and audience loved it, got a huge laugh. Maybe we're going to go, you know, do some Steve, Steve Urkel, you know, did I do that? Uh, I feel like there's an opportunity for you to have a have a catchphrase. And eventually, you know, we're going to we can make some merch, put it on T-shirts. Uh, it, it could just become... <laughs> you know, your, your next big thing. And at some point we should maybe workshop that a little bit to give you your, your entrance in. It's just that here's Mitch, here's his catchphrase. And just knowing you and your personality, I feel like you would just, you would love that opportunity to be, to have a, to have a catchphrase. You bastard. Um, <laughs> oh, that's no. it. <laughs> there, we there have it, it. We found it. No, um, you, you do know me well and you know me well enough to know. That I don't think that's true. I can. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not willing to just totally shut it down. I think. Um, I think workshopping is the right word. I think over maybe the course of doing a couple more of these, it might even reveal itself. Right. I mean, it's hopefully it's organic. Um, you know, I say a lot of quippy. Uh, <laughs> I can't even say that um, without laughing. <laughs> I might be the most monotone, boring speaker. That I know, unless I really <laughs> try to turn it on. And so for those of you listening, if you're like, wow, Mitch is monosyllabic and barely sounds like a functioning adult in the way he speaks, this is me turning it on. Um, so just, I, I hope that you feel blessed and, you know, lucky that you're experiencing that. But no, I have received feedback my entire professional career and in my personal relationships that my lack of uh, zest, shall we say, um, can be off-putting sometimes. <laughs> so I think that a catchphrase could be helpful. It could it could infuse and, and <laughs> marinate some some really nice sort of uh, some levity and and some life into my takes if needed. Man, I feel like this isn't just for podcast improvement. This is life improvement. Like with with your spouse. You could have you could use this catchphrase often and always get like a laugh and a smile at your job when you're interviewing, you know, people for, for work. You'll have that catchphrase and you'll be known as that guy, the 
the ziggity zappity guy like oh that's be, not gonna be it be so it needs to be yeah. something it's the same catchphrase it's got to be the same that works on this podcast professionally and with my wife no matter what circumstances we're in it has to work yeah I mean, right. if, I, if I've learned anything from 90s sitcoms, I think that I think it has to be and you have to carry it with you. And eventually when, you know, you're 60, 70 years old and and retired, you'll make appearances on Cameo. And, and you know, the people will just be asking you to give the catchphrase. You'll give it, you know, in a half drunken stupor and then turn off your camera and and make 50 bucks. So that's that's my dream for you, at least. That's where I would like this to go. <laughs> that is such a low bar for my life, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will. I'll. I'll try to workshop some things. I'll try to. If there's anything tonight, maybe I'll just throw in. A, you know, if there's if there's a lull, I'll try to hit you with a, with something. I'll, I'll try to workshop some. <laughs> All right. Let's uh. Let's let's talk some actual basketball because hey, it's a somewhat big week for for the Timberwolves in terms of some things that have taken place potentially. Career-altering moment for our favorite Timberwolves player of all time, as we as we talked about in our podcast a couple episodes ago. Let's talk about it. Anthony Edwards against Germany, having this moment where he stepped out of I can't even say stepped out of like the shadows. Everybody knows him, but knows him now in a different way from that that what took place in that game. His taking over a game on the international stage with a bunch of other players who are, you know, on that borderline kind of all NBA level and becoming the guy, not on a Timberwolves team, but in in, the, in a national spotlight, getting names like LeBron James, Kevin Garnett, you know, KOC from the ring are getting all these, all these big names across the NBA, tweeting, yelling Anthony Edwards, you know, Captain America, all these things. Mitch, what'd you think of, of Anthony Edwards' performance uh, against Germany? I love Anthony Edwards. <laughs> He he really is. I mean, there's a reason he was our in a in a long, sad career of watching Timberwolves. Like, there's a reason he is such a bright spot because, in my lifetime that I've watched, it's him and KG in terms of talent for the Wolves, and there's nobody else that's on there. I just forgot how much I missed when Ant takes over and he starts just flexing and snarling at the crowd, but it's all done in a way that's like, it's not. It's not performative. It's like a joyful, locked-in killer, which is such an odd combo, but it's one that Ant straddles so well. Um, I think the next step for Ant for me is, especially in the Timberwolves jersey, when he is going to be the guy, and he should be the guy, and there should be no question about the pecking order next year. Does he bring that on a nightly basis, like the greats do in the NBA right now? Where it's like, I know what my team needs for me. I set the tone from the jump and I do it all the time. And I don't wait until I feel like the game's slipping or something like that. So that was kind of the big takeaway for me is just like, if he plays at that level consistently for us with that mindset for us, I texted you and it was happening. I was like, I think, I think we have a legitimate chance at the number one seed. He's that special. He's that good. We have enough talent around him. And that level of ant is an MVP candidate. And you put an MVP candidate on the Wolves, even from last year with the healthy cat, and I think we're the one seed. And I think we're battling the Nuggets and maybe Memphis. You could throw Golden State in there if they're rebound. I mean, there's a lot of people that could be there, but nobody goes toe-for-toe for for us and exceeds us, in my opinion, if Ant is playing at that level. Yeah. I was over at... Uh, a family gathering and you know beginning to get the sense of things on on social media beginning to blow up to the point that I had to 
turn it on on my phone. So thankfully, I was sitting next to my my brother in law Nathan. Shout out to Nathan. And as we were kind of like looking at some of the highlights of what was beginning to happen, we caught basically turned it on right after and had hit that second three pointer to tie it at eighty six. Like, all right, we have to watch the rest of this. Watching a player like that take over a game again it is just an exhibition game against Germany it doesn't even matter in the long run but there is just something about watching that kind of basketball player who will doesn't matter where you are if he begins to go off it becomes this must-see television the joy in the killer instinct to the point that he rallies fans and teammates to his side is so much fun right it's it's one of the reasons why we're basketball fans. I mean, you know, I said the same about KG when we did our all-time favorites list, and Ant has that that exact same effect. Where I could, you know, watch him on a random night when he's locked in like that, and it's going to make me love the the game of basketball. And there's not a higher compliment I could pay to a player than someone who's able to do that. It was just so much fun, and for him to do it with a you know with a USA jersey on his back and teammates who are rallying behind him, interacting with the crowd. It's it's a joy like that. That really was my my takeaway. It's like this is is fun to do. It's fun to do, you know, with Nathan just to you know pause everything we're doing at the family get together and just disappear for a moment and watch Anthony Edwards be special. Yeah, it it absolutely is that way. And I will continue to say, and as we get into the season and stuff, you don't get to show this as often as you do, and then not show up for that Tuesday game in December. Like if you want to be the guy which he sure seems like he wants to be, and you want to lead this franchise to a place that it's never been, then you don't get to come and go. And you don't get to ebb and flow out of the game. And that's what I'm really, really hoping being around the level of talent he is on the USA, playing for a big stage, getting the national recognition he is right now. Ant's getting his flowers. It is Ant season right now. So I hope that it either internally or externally holds him to a standard where like it's not good enough to have a first half where you go one of six and don't try to get to the line and you're not playing aggressive and you're taking mid you know mid-range twos and some of the stuff that we saw even last year and it be, it's becoming less and less frequent but I and it's not fair to expect somebody to go playoff mode for 82 games it's not going to happen and I totally understand that but like there isn't a reason that Ant shouldn't average 26 to 28 next year and be in that conversation for MVP. I really, I really believe that. And it's a lot to put on the shoulders of a 22-year-old, but he is not a normal 22-year-old. And he's showing that over and over and over over the last couple of years of his career. Yeah. I, I want to run a theory by you. I mean, I'm going to call this like a, a theory in, in the form of an analogy as well. Because as you were saying, right, he's got to do this, this every night. I think you countered that later on by saying, but you know what? can't expect that kind of like flexing and, and like those kind of nights every night. And so my, my analogy is like, I want to think of Anthony Edwards season and a little bit in, in the sense of like having, you know, what we saw against Germany is like new relationship, like type of energy. Right. So just thinking in, in terms of relationships, that is like the, there's the excitement, there's the butterflies in your stomach. When you see the person, you get all, all excited and, and emotional, you know, your first dates, first time holding hands, all that stuff, right. Super exciting. And it, it moves you in different ways. You can't maintain that for, for a whole relationship, right? Like you have the new, new relationship energy that, that transitions, but what comes with a really good relationship as it goes on is that you don't need to have that kind of feeling all the time. But then you, again, when I would say in a healthy relationship or marriage, you do, you continue to do the little things throughout, you know, uh, that relationship, right? If it's a partner with whom you have kids, you, you can tell when your partner is 
you know struggling and you do extra work with the kids if it's um you know you tell that you can tell they need a night out you're just kind of in tune and aware so when i think of, of ant continuing this analogy and you can tell me if you think this is fitting at all ant's maturity this season to me isn't going to be about having that snarling chanting cheering with the crowd every night but taking those che- those steps of maturity as a player that shows that he's just more and more grown up so instead of having a you know a 50 point night every night he's going to have those nights where you know he can see that you know maybe Carl Anthony Towns, we'll talk about, you know, in a moment, for instance, he's been having a a rough stretch. You can tell he's in a shooting slump. And so Ant says, this night is not about me scoring the ball. This is about getting Cat involved. And it might mean my final stat line is a, you know, three for seven type night shooting. But everything I did on the defensive end and on the offensive end was about finding Cat in his spots, getting him there. And and then ultimately winning, right? Like that is what it comes down to is giving the type of effort that, that wins. So... That would be my only like pushback to what you were saying in the sense of I got to see this every night. I have to see that overall intensity every night, like that overall caring and, and will and desire to win. It just doesn't have to always statistically show up that way. Does that make sense? Is that a fair analogy or am I am I? It does. It makes sense. Here? It makes sense. And I agree in some aspects. I think that. I think that it's true that obviously I want Ant to impact the game in more ways than just scoring. And there's going to be nights where, you know, Cat's got it going or, you know, whatever it is. Because Cat isn't all world scorer. He's going to, you know, there's going to be times when Ant defers. And then it better mean that Ant has seven stocks in that game. You know, like there's other ways to do it and stuff. The only, I would just push back on, you know, if Ant ever goes three for seven this year, no. I don't care what the rest of his game. Like, that's that's coaching malpractice, and that's not our team being the best it can be. And that's where I'd push back, because I don't think it's selfish to be the best player, know you're the best player, and know the best thing for my team might not be to move the ball. The best thing for my team is for me to score, right? And you see that with, with some of these guys that have just this all-world ability to score, is it's not a good shot for somebody else on the team to take. It's a good shot for me because it gets me in a rhythm and then I take over. Well, and that, and that sounds a lot like Steve Kerr after the game, right? To put a put a bow on the, the end thing. Pretty pretty fun and special to see a coach like Steve Kerr with all the, the championship clout that comes with him basically be like, We've seen it in practice from Ant, and now we now he's showing it to the fans and to everybody. Like he's he's the guy. He's he's our guy, which that's that's a pretty pretty cool thing to to read and and to hear. Yeah, as a 22 year old, you know, to get that sort of endorsement and to have that confidence that should just be building and building that whatever stage he's on, he he can dominate. Which, which, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see the real game start and, and group play start here um, this week. I, yeah, I, I, we talked about it a couple, a couple episodes ago. You know, the, the team is going to be best getting their alpha figured out, and it's nice to feel like a, like you got one right. You know, when you make a prediction on one thing, because this team will be best with Anthony Damn. Edwards in that role. You know, he should lead us in shot attempts every game. He should lead us in points most games. He is the most gifted basketball player on the team. Um, and so, again, there's there's going to be moments of, of figuring it out, but that should be his role, and it's fun to have our guy be in that spot. Yeah. Agree completely. All right, let's talk about one of the other, you know, best basketball players on a different team. Uh, for the Dominican Republic, Carl Anthony Towns is now 
been playing a, a handful of games and it really sucks because originally when I when we wrote the epi- you know outline for the episode, I was ready to to praise Cat a ton and have it all be positive. You know, talking about the the shots that he he's taking, like it's really fun, and exciting to see just see Cat play basketball again and seemingly be healthy and taking threes from from every which way and and shooting efficiently. At least it seemed pretty efficiently from the stat lines and what you were able to watch. But then you had the the game against Spain, and yeah, Cat gets gets tossed in in when the team's only down sixth in in, in the second half against Spain, considered to be one of the better better teams in in FIBA play. And as you watch the clips, you know the ejection seems you know seem pretty soft. But I look back at the first technical, and and Cat gets the technical, and then he. After getting it, he mocks the ref by doing his own, you know, T-sign. He's looking right at him. And just watching Cat's career, you know that that's not the only time he talked to the ref throughout the rest of the game. I'm sure he's barking at the refs up and down the court. And and while the ejection did seem soft, probably earned it. What are your thoughts on, on Towns? Do you have any outside of just kind of that unfortunate disappointment where it's like, okay, we're still having those same issues with the referees, even... In, in this year for him. I don't know if disappointment is the right word because that would indicate that I had different expectations. You know? It's like, you want a you catchphrase. I feel like I say a lot when, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. Cat has told me exactly who he is. <laughs> That's not disappointing to see Cat yeah. do that. That's what Cat does. Why would I be disappointed? I've got eight years, seven years of, of knowing that that's coming. You've got the first game where he's a flamethrower. He's great. He's making ridiculous shots and drives and moves that no seven footer has any business making, you know, truly one of the most talented big men to ever play the game. Great. I know he has that. And then you get the next game where he's a petulant child and can't help himself and gets thrown out of a game because of foul trouble. I've seen that too. So nope, I was not disappointed. I expect that to happen all season long. It will happen until he changes it, and I will be—I would love to admit I'm wrong. I would love to admit that you know he, if he changes, and but I—I'm sure not going to yet. So, <laughs> yeah, I—I'm I, yeah. not—I'm not done with Cad in the sense of like 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 I said, I—I I want him to do well because he seems like a fantastic human, and he is on my team, and I love my team, and I want them to do well, <laughs> and he could be a huge part of them doing great. Um, but do I expect magically Cat to turn a new leaf this far into his life and his career? I do not. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I I'm gonna gonna switch to optimism mode to to end end the cat point. I am still going to be hopeful that there is going to be an element of of his game that is that grows up in terms of how he interacts with referees. He's mentioned it now. He's tried at times to go into that Zen mode. I'm just hoping that whatever those efforts are, they continue to stick. Nothing wrong with hoping, right? Oh, you, you are allowed to do whatever you want. All right, let's get to, let's get to what we're, we're focusing on today. And we know a lot of you listeners come here for fashion sense. And so we thought it'd be fun to do a, a Mount Rushmore draft. So do a top four of Timberwolves jerseys of all time. We had a little bit of Jersey top last episode and so that'll be fun to do one where yeah we pick our favorite jerseys throughout team history so mount rushmore top four jerseys of all time 
Uh, there aren't really many rules that we have for this outside of we'll do uh, an alternating draft and we are allowed to pick different variations of a uniform. So just thinking of, you know, the Wolves uniforms that they have this year, you have the, you know, the blue, the white, the city edition. And so you can choose different colors of certain versions of jerseys. Um, so you can't just like take one year and all those jerseys are gone. So you're allowed to have different variations. That's really the only rule. Other than that, we're, we're drafting based on jerseys that we, we love, whether it be, you know, how aesthetically pleasing they are, could be memories associated with them. Again, it's our, it's our Mount Rushmore, so it's our favorite list, and we'll talk about why we love those jerseys as we go. Mitch, any, any thoughts or comments before we begin on the draft? I don't think so. I think uh, I'll be interested to see how similar or different we are. You know, again, we've, we've watched a lot of Wolves games and, and done a lot of it together, but I'm, I'm just curious to see how it'll go, but um, to see how much overlap we have in our, in our, top, in our top picks here. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't talked much Jersey stuff outside of what we did last episode, but yeah, watching games together Mm -hmm. and like when the new city editions come out every year, I think we usually do tend to send a text each other's way and, you know, talk about whether we like it or not. Um, which I think for me, I like every single one that comes out. So that's again, I'm such an easy mark with jerseys, but, (laughs) but yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get going with it. Um, we wouldn't, we didn't flip a coin beforehand. Do you, do you have a preference and you know, would you prefer going first or second on on a draft like this? I'm going to give you the top, I'm going to give you the top pick. So you get, you get the draft number one. It's my gift to you to be a salve for the sting of being disappointed in cat this season if you're hoping for him to turn a new leaf with the refs um so i'll give you the number one pick so i'll, I'll start wherever that puts me ah, love it all right my number one pick for my favorite timberwolves jersey putting it right on my mount rushmore gonna go to a jersey that was around in the year 2003 it was around for more years than this but i'm gonna focus on the year 2003 2004 the number one song in the country at the time was Into Club by 50 Cent. The roster wow. that would sport this jersey, you have Sam Cassell, Latrell Sprewell. At the time, when the season started, Fred Hoiberg and Michael Olakandi were the starters. They did not continue to be the starters as the year went on. And of course, Kevin Garnett. My favorite jersey of all time for the Timberwolves is the black alternate jersey in 2003-2004 with the Christmas trees on them. Whenever I think of a mm. Wolves jersey, that is that's where my head goes. You can you see all the pictures of KG in them. The colors are awesome. The memories in the jersey are awesome. When we talk, when we look at the new jerseys that come out, so often the comments are, "All right, where are the trees? Bring bring back the trees." They really pop on that on that black jersey. So that's my number one overall selection. Was that was that up there on your list for you? Number one on my list was the black yeah. alternate jerseys from 2001 to 2006. <laughs> that was the first jersey I ever yeah. had. My parents bought me for my eighth birthday. They bought me a Kevin Garnett black alternate jersey. Um, still remember to this day it's one of the best gifts i've ever gotten in my life um because i loved it so much and i loved the wolves so nope the the nostalgia of that one yeah i believe those are i believe those are the best jerseys in timberwolves history great selection and i'm happy it's on our mount rushmore wonderful yep i i would assume for most timberwolves fans that's going to be one on there so if neither of us had that on our our list more so than usual would be mocked and ridiculed off the internet so let's get let's get to your pick here at at number two so number two, I'm you know you kind of went a little more old school. I'm going I'm going new school. So this one, um, they unveiled this in 2018 2019 season. It was our, in my opinion, 
um, the best aesthetic kind of modern looking jersey that we've ever had. We're gonna go the home Prince jerseys, the alternate or the the alternate jerseys for that year. Um, so the dark black with the pink kind of cursive almost lettering, the homage to Prince. I just felt like there's so many big swings and misses. I think with jerseys where you try to do something and for whatever reason that one just hit me perfectly. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yep. yep. I it, it's it's to this day, like I said, outside of those classic ones, that's the number that was the number two end of my list. And it was almost the number one. I I love those jerseys. I think if they if they brought them back and made an Anthony Edwards number five in that jersey. I haven't bought a jersey because I'm, you Ooh. know, an adult and I haven't bought a jersey in <laughs> 20 years probably um whoa, whoa, whoa we're gonna have a lot of adult listeners who love buying jerseys out there so <laughs> well i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you as another adult you shouldn't do that save it for kids save it for mascots and for actual athletes um which you know you can get mad at me if you want but um what a what a, what a take hang on a second I'm let, feeling me, let me ask you this because i what about what about jerseys as decoration because for me like i found an old ricky rubio jersey that i had it's like oh man i'd love to hang that up you know in my in my place of work or have that as decoration buying a jersey yeah. to decorate not to wear sleeveless around town no issue with that yep my issue is the sleeveless jersey to target on a saturday morning grow up <laughs> Oh man, yeah, spicy, spicy hot takes, but someone, someone's got to bring them. <laughs> Maybe is that is that your catchphrase? Grow up. We might, we might be there. Grow up. <laughs> Ooh, that's there's a, there's something there's something to that. Maybe we'll see. It's not. I'm. It's again. We've already talked about this. It's not everybody needs to be like me. Like not everyone needs to be just a Scrooge about everything. So I totally get it. You can enjoy your jerseys if you want. It's just a waste of money and it looks stupid. <laughs> Unless it's a Prince oh, Anthony Edwards uh, number five jersey that that you'll be wearing in public, you know, when it when it's finally released. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear it to every family gathering for all the pictures, everything. <laughs> my, yeah, it's, I'm gonna pick up my kids from school up every day in it. It's all I'm gonna wear. Yep, that that'll become it. All right, let's get let's get to my number three, and this one I feel a need to like rush and draft right away, and this is gonna maybe surprise you. It might surprise our listeners. This was the number two on my list, and it is the other variant of the Prince jersey. So 2018, oh, the white as ones? you mentioned, yeah. So 2018, as 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 you mentioned, just I, I have these all here to give you a little time lock. Number one song at the time was God's Plan by Drake. Don't know if you're familiar with that one. Um, I had to give a quick listen to. I uh, yep, I I definitely had heard. I had to listen to it on YouTube. But here's here's the embarrassing thing: as I looked up this music, when I looked up at the old jerseys, all these songs, right? I know and I'm familiar with. As soon as I hit like this, you know, 2018 mark, I was like, oh man, I don't know most of these songs on the top 100. Which again, I guess it's just getting old. But the the roster for for the team didn't mention totally. But we have Teague, Wiggins, Covington, Taj, and Town. So this was, I believe, this was fun team. Such a fun team. Yeah, and this this was the team that where um, I believe the year where Jimmy got traded, right? So I think because Covington's on it, it could have this could have been the following season, but um, but yeah, no Jimmy ever ever wore the the Prince jersey. We got Covington in it instead. So I for me it's a toss up between between the black and white, but the I I love a white jersey and the white for the Prince just looks so clean with the lettering as you are you already described how good it is in, in the black as well. But I actually. Put the white one step above the black on my list, so the black prince was my my number three. Okay. But they're both awesome. They both look great. I I love them both. And 
Um, again, it really is a toss-up for me. I just need I just need a Prince jersey on my on my Mount Rushmore. Glad there was two variants of them, so I was able to get one. I had a lot of like comfort coming in this. I was going to be happy with either one of those. Yep. Then I kind of probably have to do the same thing because if I'm drafting, if I can't draft the ones you're taking, and I'm I'm going to have a, a Mount Rushmore, I kind of I need a I need one from from the KG era as well. So I'll go I'll go with my second one. I'm just gonna, I'm going to go the blue. The blue alternates from the KG era again. You already mentioned the trees on the on the trim. Um, that deeper blue, it kind of got lighter as the years went on, but there was like kind of right in that like 2000. I think it was like 2001 through 2004, 2005. I'd written down it was like that deep blue. It looked awesome, but I need I need one of those on my list. Yep. I can't I can't make one without it. So so far we're pretty similar. We both have both have one of each of them. Um, again, I prefer the black, but the, there's nothing wrong with a good a good blue um on that one either so yeah no it's great and right you can't make a timberwolves rushmore jersey list without having one with the trees on it and i think a prince jersey so i think both of us are getting getting things that we like on on the list and, and necessary ones for mount rushmore mm-hmm. my my fifth pick here is going to use my third a fifth overall is gonna i think gonna throw you a little bit and okay. it it was one that it was one that I had to actually research a little bit. It's not one that came to mind originally as I was going through lists, and then I, I looked it up and I looked up the. I believe the team only wore this once, so I'm so curious if you wow. have any idea what jersey I'm talking about. They they wore it in only one game, and this is the Christmas year 2016. The uh, number one song in in the uh, in the U.S. at the time was "Love Yourself" by Justin Bieber. The roster that sported this jersey was a Ricky Rubio, Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Gorgie Jang, and I threw him out here for just for you. Shabazz Muhammad was wearing this as well. Buzz. A- is that the is that the black is that the black jersey with the green lettering on it? Yes, it is. It is. So Christmas Day game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's a Christmas Day oh, against the Oklahoma City that. Thunder. They only wore it the one time. It is yeah, listeners, if you haven't if you haven't seen this one in a while, look it up. I I love it. It is very gonna go artistic on you here. Very minimalistic in the sense that it's just like the all black with the green lettering, and it's you know kind of the Christmas font. And I think it has like a little bit like like thicker shoulders and everything. It's a different little different style. As I was looking at them, I remember watching that game, and it's so rare we get Wolves games on on Christmas as well. It's awesome. I I, I don't see it on a lot of like best jerseys in Timberwolves history's list, and so I'm so happy to put that on my Mount Rushmore because I think it is a it's a clean. It looks good. Great memories watching that team. We did end up losing the game ultimately, but I'm not gonna gonna focus on that as much as it just it just looks great. Yeah. No, I. I... Apparently, remember it enough. It, when you said we only wore it once, I was like, "Gosh, I feel like that's that's a tough one to make him out Rushmore." But I, that's a clean jersey. It looks really good. I also would be remiss if I didn't bring up that your idea of being artistic is just using the term minimalistic. That's all it takes. <laughs> that's that's one hundred percent. That's all it takes. Yeah. Let me tell one other quick uh, Christmas day story. So we played in in twenty sixteen. We also played in twenty seventeen. So I was looking. They didn't have different jerseys then for that one. So they just wore their regular jerseys. But in that game, just talk about crazy weird stat line. Do you want to guess who our leading scorer was in the Christmas Day game that we won with Jimmy on the team the next year? In twenty seventeen. Oh gosh. Uh... Give me Gorgie. No. Taj Gibson 
was the leading scorer of that game, and he was 11 for 13 from the field. So, oh again, I don't remember this game very well, but you can just imagine, right? It's all <laughs> probably all dunks and layups, right? <laughs> like putbacks yep. and things like that. But 11 for 13 on a Christmas Day, Taj Gibson leading the way as at that time, right? A relatively new signing of the Tom Thibodeau era. Hmm. I like it. Yeah, Taj is. Yeah, Christmas memory for you. There you go. I like it. <laughs> all right, so my third pick. Yeah, I think. Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna go kind of when I I really sort of became what I would what I would call a super fan of the Wolves is sort of the the Ricky Rubio Kevin Love era is when I really started watching you know not really missing games or things like that. So I'm gonna go the the white 2010 through 2017 kind of standard jerseys. So if you're thinking about it, you're probably thinking about it correctly. If you're picturing Ricky. Kevin Love, um, there was some like um, some Kmart, you know, some Kmart in those jerseys. Uh, Wiggins was drafted during Kmart, that time. Um, you know, it kind of it's a little. The letters are a little more. There's a, they're they're not very blocky. There's a little kind of movement to them. Um, again, I would say a little bit thicker, thicker on the shoulders, like you'd mentioned with the other one. But uh, it's just there's so many fun memories. And, and like I said, to me, it really centers around like when we drafted Wiggins. You know, before everyone soured on Wiggins, and I would say rightfully so, Wiggins didn't have an overtly successful time here. But like, man, early Wiggins with like some of the dunks he had and like pairing with Ricky coming back and, you know, like then a little, so a little earlier then going into like K-Love and stuff like that. I don't know. It just was, that was a really, really fun time of Wolves basketball for me. Um, you had, you know, you had Boz in that jersey, you had Levine drafted in that jersey. You just have a lot of some of my favorite Timberwolves um, played in that one. So I'm, I'm, I'll take the white kind of 10, like I said, it was like 2010 to 2017 is, is the years that I found for it. But a lot of good memories in those. You are, you're making this pick out of nostalgia. You're not making it out of a fashion sense. Those jerseys are terrible. Oh, 100%. Like that. 100%. Okay. <laughs> yep. No, it is not. A, it's not a fashion one. I was the reason I was saying the description was just because this is an audio medium, and I want people to know what I'm talking about. No, they are not a good-looking jersey. It is a. It is a pure. The players I watched in that jersey. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was, yeah. I I have them up here, and I was just looking at them again. I was like, oh man, there's a reason why we moved on from this design pretty quickly. And there's also yep. like the Adidas jerseys. They were they were super baggy as well, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, unless you were like you know Martin, and you wore the the short sleeve version of them. Ah, like the the sleeved jerseys of some of those. I remember for whatever reason, like the black jersey version of yeah. those with the sleeves on it like Boz always wore it Kmart wore it Love wore it for a while yep. Ricky wore it like the whole team they like, like there was games where they had to wear yeah. it as like an AAU squad yeah I say it looks it looked like a warm-up warm-up shirt basically <laughs> yep exactly so anyways <laughs> I like it on there because it reminds me it reminds me of a uh, you know all these ones are kind of reminding me of times that I that I loved watching what was basketball and it's just like when I think of some of my favorite players, it's like, oh, yeah, I can, I can picture them in that jersey and, and stuff. So, All right. Well, coming up to my, my last pick, I'm a little torn here. I, as I'm just looking at the jerseys that I've selected, I like kind of this color palette that I have going right now. I've got, you know, the, the tree jerseys. I've got the, you know, the white Prince jerseys. I've got the, the Christmas jersey. So I, I'm going to get a variation of a blue jersey, but I don't know whether to go in the past or into a more recent kind of update of it. Hmm. 
Okay. Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go in the past because as I look at this and and I realize that the recent update also has trees. I've already got a tree jersey, so I'm going to go in the past without trees. I think it'll complete my my color scheme. It's going to complete kind of my different time frames. So let me take you back to the year 1995. The number 1 song in the country that year was Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. The roster that the Timberwolves sported was the following. Terry Porter, Doug West, Tom Gugliotta, Christian Leitner, Sam Mitchell, and then a certain rookie was drafted this year by the name of Kevin Garnett. And the jersey, or the variation of the jersey that I'm choosing from the 95 year, is the blue one with kind of the... I don't even know how to describe the green color, but the green lettering on it. When you look at you know pictures of KG in his rookie year, you're gonna see him in this jersey, and that is my my final one. I think there's rumors that this might be the classic jersey that they're gonna do an updated variant of this year. So when I think of the Wolves' history and I think of their jerseys, I think that's a sharp-looking jersey. It's not it's not my favorite, but I still think it's a really nice one to have on the Mount Rushmore and to have on the list here. So that is my my pick for my final one, the 95 and as you know, through most of the early nineties blue Jersey with the green lettering. Yep. I love, I love that Jersey. It was, uh, you know what, just because this whole podcast has been about, you know, us embracing and not, you know, getting catty or not anything like that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll finish it off. But I will say my pick is, is the white version of that Jersey. I had it at number five on my list love overall. It. Some of the other ones have been taken. I love I love that jersey. I love it's a little blockier. It's yeah. so early 90s, right? It's like the, but I like the white one a little more because you get the blue lettering with that green outline. Um, and that's, yeah. I just, I love that jersey. So I think looking at mine, I have, let's see, I've got two dark ones. Yeah, I've got, I've got some very, I got two whites and two darker ones. So I, I like that. Um, but no, that, that early retro Wolves jersey is, is a classic and, and should be on here. So, yeah, I'll, I'll join you in that. Our, our Mount Rushmore's ended up being pretty much exactly the same, um, which is probably fitting. Do you uh, do you have any? So I mean, I have a few in my top eight that didn't get hit. Do you have any in your top eight that you know you were close on that didn't get drafted? Yeah. So the statement ones from last year with kind of the color mosaic underneath it, I actually they really really grew on me, and I think part of it is you yeah. know the watching Ant turn into what he's turning into and seeing him in some of those jerseys and. Um, you know, I, I so I, I liked those ones. They were they would be an honorable mention for me. Um, one that I, as I was looking back, I remember liking a lot more than than um, or than I thought I would was so in 2019 2020 the city edition. It was those light blue MSP yeah, jerseys. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I like I liked those ones a lot. And then the only one on my list was the Muskies jerseys. Um, <laughs> it's just it's that's pure nostalgia. And I thought they were just horrendous. Um, bad bad idea. Bad execution. Horrible team. I feel like that wore them. Um, but it was it was just entertaining. So I like the I like the Muskies one too as an honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah, they fit in. They fit in well with the, those terrible jerseys in the end. So <laughs> glad. I'm glad the Muskies got a shout out. I'm much happier that they did not make the list either of our mom yep. or But <laughs> that's happy. Fair. Happy to give them a shout. Okay, I had I had two others that that you didn't mention that were, were was on my list. So the one that I was alternating between when I was talking about drafting a blue jersey was the 2021-2022 uh, city jersey. So that's like the blue jersey that had like the green, you know, kind of trees um, on there. That would have been. 
yeah, just before the one that you mentioned. So that one, that one was up there yeah. for me. And then the other one, and and this would have been like the the up upset pick. I, I was considering the We Run Deep jersey without even seeing them on a player. And my reasoning for that is that Nas Reed said it's his favorite jersey that he ever wore. I really love the colors of that one, and I'm so excited to see how the court goes with it. But felt a little premature to, to take that one here. But there's a chance if we were to redo this draft a year from now. It, it's on the fringe for me already, but I got to see how it looks on the players. Got to see it on the court. But it's it's floating there as a possibility. Like with a lot of these, I think you got to see them in person and see them in the arena. And, see, like, you know, it just it changes a lot because, as we might have mentioned last week, you know, the statement jerseys I didn't like when they came out last year. Um, and, they, and they really, really grew on me. I was like, all right, I actually really, really like this Um I really like the idea and the execution. Like I said, you know, I should say I, I didn't like the idea much, and I loved the execution after I watched it more. And this one, I don't know. I think I'd like the idea more than the execution so far, but usually over time they grow on you. So I, I don't, I don't hate it. I just, you know, and, and part of it too is is the team you watch in it. You know, if we take a, if we get a two seed this year wearing those jerseys and you get a home playoff in those, we're gonna have a party. If Edwards and the team get out of the first round and he has his like playoff moments and happens to be wearing that jersey for one of the games it, it's on the list at that point because that becomes a franchise changing moment so it, it's there so so I'm, I, I like not having it on the Mount Rushmore but I like giving it an honorable mention here and just saying hey we'll see we'll see how how they play in that jersey how it looks and for me I love I love a new court as well so how the court looks with it too yeah absolutely awesome well, we did it. Mount Rushmore's, you know, pretty a pretty nice, you know, not overly competitive draft. I feel like we were, you know, helping each other, helping each other out there and, and selecting. I'm sure we took some variations that maybe the other person would prefer, but I, I like our Mount Rushmore's. It'll be fun to put them next to each other and, and see, you know, see which one is preferred from for the fans. If I if I was putting a, a Vegas line on it, I think I would be the favorite for this one, you know, going pre- uh, you know, before we put it out for the fans to vote, am I am I being too confident in my in my Mount Rushmore, or did you put me as a favorite here? I just think they're exactly the same, except for one jersey. <laughs> it's just what people prefer, like the white version or the colored version of like the blue or the black with the old ones. But um, but no, I think I agree. I think the the one that I selected, the white home jerseys from like early two thousand tens, are not good looking jerseys. I just think the one you picked is like they played one game in them. So I don't think that a lot of people have... Like, I agree they're a good-looking jersey, but it's like... To put it on a Mount Rushmore of jerseys feels... When they wore it not that often feels a little odd to me. So I could see... I could see some, you know, some pushback on that, potentially. It would be my only complaint about your Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see on that one. I, I think that your your selection of those 2010 range jerseys is going to torpedo your, your Mount Rushmore's value when people look at those favorite jerseys. <laughs> Uh, that that would be my my guess, but again, maybe there's going to be a lot of nostalgia in the voting, and yeah. and we'll see. I think I think I'm going to introduce the the Christmas jerseys back to people who don't remember them, and there's going to be some excitement and being like, yeah, those are those are some some good looking jerseys. Yeah, I mean that's we'll we'll see. I think I definitely went more with. I feel like the the Prince ones, the aesthetic matters a lot. The other ones, it's more kind of like, yeah, I these ones are just. They're fun and they're indicative of, of good times and good moments in, in Timberwolves history um, for me. So Well, we'll, uh, we'll be back in a week 
And next week, we're going to have a, a special guest join us, our first ever guest who's going to be interviewed as, as part of the podcast. I think this episode it has the potential to be life-changing for, for, for us, for us in, in doing the, the interview, and possibly for all of our listeners. It could be relationship-altering if you have a significant other that you may be trying to attempt to either watch Timberwolves games with you or go on a date to a Timberwolves game. We're going to be venturing into that that realm next week as we bring our, our special guest on. So I'm I'm very much so looking forward to it. it I'm sure it's going to be a little bit different flavor of an episode. Yeah. I just I'm I'm always in awe of your ability to <laughs> You know like they say in sales it's like undersell over deliver. That's like the goal. I feel like you come in hot with like, this is going to be a life altering episode. And it's always just, even though I know it's coming, because I've known you for like 20 years, it still blows me away. You need to just, you, un, unbridled optimism that you possess is, could power several small countries, I feel like sometimes. You better, you better get ready. You better tune in. Be, be the first to download, and your relationships are going to get 2,000% better when you listen to that episode. I can guarantee. We haven't recorded it yet. No idea. But it's going to be that good. And that's a guarantee. <laughs> oh, what a nice comeback reference for yours. I mean, granted, you're, you're, I think you're stealing from Men's Warehouse on, on that one, but it's... Well, it's, no, they're... It's a, it's a, I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a. It's a complete knockoff. There's only so many catchphrases available. You got to borrow some seasoning from some. It's a good first attempt, and I. You know, we'll see. We'll see on that one. If you guarantee it. <laughs> I'm just gonna make a lot of. I mean, it's, it's putting me into a box of having to make a lot of guarantees, which, or I guess I don't. I just have to respond when you do, and you seem to have no problems doing it. So. Yeah, and then you just come in and you guarantee it. Oh, it's like, you know, it's a it's a Jordan Pippin thing going on there. And we'll decide who's who later on. Pippin dibs. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that's it. That's it for this week. We will be back next week as I did not overpromise a life-changing episode that's coming. So until then, always remember, change your face, be happy, and enjoy the week. We'll see you next time. <laughs>